This is Jonah Hill, and you're listening to the only podcast that matters. Hey, JJ, baby, his jump is money. Don't you worry. That boy Clay kills it on first take. I said, hey, JJ. Baby, give us your money for our collab with Porte. You'll outdress Stephen A. Throw gang, we are joined by the Don Dot of Durham. He ain't ugly, but he only hits threes. Splashdown, he got that wet-ass basket bussy. Sultan of the Stripe, the Cooksville King, Chef Clay with the pot boy, the Lord of Lob City, Rub-a-Dub-Dub, Baron of the Bubs. You're phoning narcs while he's Joan of Beyond the Ark, the first take Pharaoh, the King of Closet Organizing. Your man's giving the ick, JJ going ridic. The Cold Tub Titan, the Granola Bar Governor, Duke's all-time scoring leader, 15-year NBA veteran, podcaster, and ESPN analyst, JJ Reddick. JJ, how are you? I'm great. There's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack there. Salute, dude. <laughs> that is uh, that is the best intro that I've ever gotten on a podcast, so I appreciate you, that. ESPN, ABC, Disney, whoever wants it, they can have it. Yeah. I love it. I you're, love it. You're fucking welcome, dude. Um, <laughs> we wish we could... Uh, join you out in Sag Harbor, but alas, James has COVID and we're not trying to kill your entire family. So we appreciate you hopping on zoom today, JJ. All good. You know, I, I had a bout with COVID in April and my son just had a bout as well. And the only reason we tested was because we were supposed to go to Bahamas for spring break. So we had to cancel the trip once. And then we were going to go the day after school got out. We canceled it again. And uh, unfortunately, we're just not going to make the trip. So it's fucking yeah. <laughs> whatever. Well, third time's a charm. So whenever it does happen and you run it back, we'll at keep this you point, in our T's and P's. Yeah, yeah. at this point, I think I'm just going to try to take them to Disney World in the fall or something. I mean, it's... <laughs> you're, familiar I, with, you're familiar with Orlando, so that should be easy. Right? Yeah, yeah, I am. And, and I'm a Disney employee. You know, I'm a Disney oh, employee Oh, that's well. right. <laughs> so. what, are the, what are the perks like when you go to Disney World? I think we have a one day pass. Every employee has a one day pass. <laughs> one day? <laughs> yeah, we'll free one day pass. You, you, uh, I think get, that's all we get. You get like a gift card or anything, or like yeah, a, what the fuck? I, you know, I bet people like Stephen A. and and Greeny, Mike Greenberg. I bet they have. They probably have better perks than me. Actually, we just had friends um, that went with. Uh, they're friends with an A list celebrity, and I, we were with them this weekend, and they were telling us that. They didn't even go inside the park. They got in an SUV and they would drive on the perimeter of the park, enter through, enter the rides through the back. They would shut down the entire ride just so this person and his family and and their family that was with them could go on the ride. And I'm like, that is the fucking Disney experience that that God I need. Damn. Who's the friend? Obama. So fuck. <laughs> no, I, I, it's, I, it's, I'm not at liberty to say. I don't know the guy that. Well, I don't. I don't yeah. put his shit out on blast. It's right, Johnny right, right. Depp. It's Johnny Depp on the Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah. Well, well you're anyone, you're only you're only a first year employee at Disney, so maybe you know when yeah. when you put a few years in, you'll get a uh, yeah, those perks. Renegotiate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Be on the lookout for that complimentary turkey leg for you that you can split with your family. Uh, JJ, the first thing we want to do is a little fit check where you're going to walk the audience at home through the totality of the outfit that you're wearing today. The choice for you is you can start top down or you can go bottom up. Wait, say that again. You're going to describe the outfit that you're wearing today in a fit check, but you can start at the top or you can start at the bottom. Sneakers. Okay. Or hat. The choice is yours. And there's a correct answer. 
I'm going to start at the top, actually. Oh, um, sorry, so bro, you blew it. Full disclosure, <laughs> full disclosure. I had a golf match that went a little long. Uh, that's why I'm, I'm running <laughs> 10 minutes, 15 minutes late here. And I came home and uh, not proud of my golf fit. So okay. I just threw on a different T-shirt <laughs> and, a, and a different hat. But actually, I have on, um, I have on a, a hat that says, come as you are. Um, okay. I'm wearing it backwards right now, but I had this as come as you are. Is, you're, uh, you're a big Nirvana fan, right? Yeah. Well, actually, it's it's Montauk Brewing out here oh. on, on Long Island. That is their sort of company slogan. Summer um, in a can. Great friends with those guys. They make great beer. And um, yeah, they also have, have great gear as well. So wearing that. The shirt I'm wearing is is the shirt that you'll see me in probably 40 to 60% of the time, depending on the season. And that is just a simple reigning champ white tee. Oh, um, shout out my, Champ, our yeah, friends Rainy up north. Champ, yeah, best t-shirts. Um, absolutely love them. Um, I'm wearing some <laughs> G, some G4 um, <laughs> golf shorts. Is that, like, <laughs> is that like a private jet merch? Like, what is? That? Yeah, what is that? No, it's G4, like four. You like four? Oh, four oh. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they could take some tips from Montauk Brewing. You know? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then I've still got I've still got my Adidas slides on from okay. walking off the course. So yeah, I mean, I again, I you know, if I knew we were going to do a whole fit of what I was wearing, I might have opted out. But generally speaking. Like the, the, the white tea is, is a go-to. It was one of the reasons, honestly, no, it was one of the reasons that like, I was so keen on getting a sleeve. Yeah. Cause I was like, I don't really wear jewelry and I don't, I don't wear loud fits. Um, and I was like, it's just an accessory that's on me at all times. And what, what looks good with a sleeve, a white t-shirt, like, come on, there's nothing better. That's never a classic. Take it off. Never got to put it on. That's a classic exactly. combo. So you put zero thought into your tattoos. Besides that, we're going to ask about it later. <laughs> but just no. wanted to be clear. Okay. Oh, and then uh, last thing you got to know is what are the panties? What's the underwear situation, dog? I so I've I've worn Calvin Klein underwear briefs for the last probably fifteen years. It's it's really all I wear. Although I will say this, I, I get free shit all the time. It's it's one of the perks, I guess, of being an ex NBA player it's, and a podcaster. We get free shit yeah. too. Let's not get and, it and when when yes, and when brands advertise on the podcast, they send me and Tommy gear. Mm. Um, or if it's you know we get CBD products, we get. Um, Hell yeah. We get sunscreen. Mattresses. We get sunscreen. Yeah, I got a mattress. No, no <laughs> bullshit. Okay. When I first launched the pod, Casper Mattress was a, was a sponsor. And Hell I yeah. did an ad read for them and I got a free mattress out of it. What percentage um, of the free clothes that you get are trash though? Oh, that's... It, it's... Whew. It's up there. It's it's up there. I, some of the products what's higher, I just your don't free, use. What's higher? Your, free, your career free throw percentage? With a percentage of clothing you get that's absolute ass. A career free throw percentage. Okay. I, I, this is I was this was leading back to your question about my underwear, which I, nobody really ever asked me what kind of underwear I, I wear. But uh, so Tom Brady has his clothing line, right? And he sent me some golf gear and he sent me some underwear, and I will say that the, the Brady underwear, the the briefs are in the boxer briefs are in my rotation right now. Okay, they're, they're yeah. super soft. Super good. The The company that I was shocked at, and I talk about them a lot, and I wear their golf polos a lot, um, is Roback. Roback makes yeah. amazing gear and not just like um, golf gear. Like they have performance uh, t-shirts for working out, performance hoodies. 
um, that I literally rock all the time. Um, I love, I mean, I'm, I'm a hoodie. I'm a hoodie fan. I'm a, I'm a white tee fan. I'm a black jeans. I'm a white Keep sneaker fan. Yeah. Um, okay. You're, you're a classic man. <laughs> and, and then, and then with suits, it's the same way. Like I'm not, I'm mm-hmm. not peacocking when I wear suits. I, I, if you have a, a well-fitted suit that, you know, I, I get, I have a tailor in New York that makes my suits. They're, you know, this is not a humble brag. This is just a brag. They're handmade in Italy. <laughs> and, and like, I don't need to wear loud patterns. Right. I just can, I just can rock classic looks. I, it helps be six, I'll four always, handsome. Yeah. yeah well, lie. thank you. I appreciate that. But <laughs> that's truly, I mean, I, I just, Hashtag there's so many life. things that I think about in life. I mean, yeah. I don't want to overthink what's in my closet. Right. right. Just get a whole sleeve of tattoos and call the fucking day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Good to know, though, that Tom Brady's uh, strong at supporting the boys. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So exactly. no jewels. Is that a complete fit check, JJ? Oh, the watch. What's the watch? What's the watch? Oh, oh, my watch. Yeah. So again, just got off the golf course. My wife got me this for Christmas. It is the Tag Hewer golf watch. Nice. And it's I, I mean, it is a smart watch, but it's it's connected to my phone. And I just download a course that I'm about to play. Ooh. And then when I walk on the course, I hit, you know, hopefully hit it in the fairway. It'll say like, oh, you're 157 to the center of the green, you know, okay. so it's so a it's a great watch. So you're a big cheater. No, no. Okay. It's putting putting caddies out of work all across yeah. the nation. Oh, damn, dude, that's the working man, <laughs> bro. They still, you know. <laughs> JJ Reddick, not, not job not creator. You heard it here first. <laughs> I already, I already, I already made the hand. I already made the handmade suit comment. I'm not going to make. <laughs> right, right, okay, we got you. All right, fit check complete. Um, yeah. JJ, thank you for coming on to the only podcast that matters. Yes, we are a podcast about fashion. It is a visual art form told through a audio medium, which doesn't really work. But while we have you, we need to pick your big basketball brain. Got to know, man. So far. It's been an off-season full of crazy rumors, crazy signings, crazy trades. What's been the one off-season move that has blown your mind the most? The one off-season move that has blown my mind the most. Um, I think we're still waiting on it. Okay. <laughs> if that makes sense. Look, I, I, I knew that Kyrie and Kevin were going to try to leverage their relationship to get Kyrie an extension. That obviously didn't happen. Right. And now the whole thing is blown up and we saw what Rudy Gobert got in the trade market, you know, real players. Mm-hmm. I mean, Pat, Pat Beverly was in that trade. They're a good young player was in that trade and four first round picks. So yeah. what the fuck yeah. is Kevin Durant going to get in the trade market? What right. is Kyrie going to get? So I, that is going to be fascinating, whether it happens in the next few days or whether it happens in the next three months, that trade, when it goes down, will be fascinating to me. I was, I don't ever, I don't ever blame a guy for taking the bag. I will never do that. Like, so Bradley Beal opting out and then re-signing that five-year, $250 million extension. Like I'm all for that. That was not shocking. Um, yeah, I, I think that's the one that I I think the whole league is watching right now because right. there's going to be repercussions across the board. On the flip side of Bradley Beal chasing the bag, which, of course, we also respect, honestly, even more so than winning on, on this podcast. <laughs> what about, were you surprised when James Harden did, like, the good guy thing? Like, at least for the time being, did that surprise you? N- no, no, because I, I, I think... I think it's a it's a it's a an example of relationships mattering. 
So his right. relationship mattering with PJ that he wanted PJ on board and was willing to sort of do the right thing to create that space for the mid-level level exception. And then his relationship with Daryl Morey mattering and of course mm-hmm. his relationship with Michael Rubin. So like, I, I'm not surprised. Whatever ends up happening there, like James is going to be taken care of. Yeah, uh, Unlike uh, you, he's, he's a job creator. Yeah, exactly. I will. That, you could argue that I am as well. Maybe you not on your own the, production company. Yeah, just not on the golf course, right? He's been. Uh, he's kept that one granola bar company in uh, in the in the in the green for fucking fifteen years. You know. Yeah. Uh, that, I, I, that was one of the things you mentioned in the intro that I was like, "Fuck, dude! I can't believe I ate those granola bars." Every day. Have you? Did you stop when you retired? Like, is that and yes. is that why you retired? I mean, to again, stop by the bars? by the end of the career. by the end of my career i was just like i can't even stomach (laughs) these things i'm not even going to name the brand but it's like tastes like fucking cardboard (laughs) unless they they provide the bag you know yeah that's right yeah (laughs) well another big as new york guys another big move this offseason was jalen brunson getting over a hundred million dollars with the knicks our question for you jj will the knicks ever be good ever ever full stop hmm Yes. Look, I, the safe the safe answer here is yes, because I think you're saying ever. I mean, I think in 30 years, there's a good chance they've they've had a couple good seasons. What do you think will happen um, first? New York City will be underwater because of climate change or the Knicks will uh, make it to the finals? <laughs> I think there's a good chance parts of Miami are underwater before right. the Knicks are good. I think that's probably a safe bet. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I, look, I think Jalen, I, I obviously play with Jalen Brunson. He's a fantastic player. He he deserves every dollar that he got. He's going to be a a great player for the Knicks. He will admit that this like he's not the transcendent player that they have missed out on again and again for the last 20 years. And Carmelo was probably the closest thing sure. that they had to that. Um but look, they 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 missed out on Steph. I mean, you go down the list over the last fifteen years since I've been you know in, in the league, like the guys they've missed out on drafting. Even as close as R.J. Barrett, who I love and I think will end up being an All Star uh, and an All NBA level player. He's only twenty two years old. He's already done some great things. They missed out on Zion and Ja because they ended up getting third in that draft. Right. And so some of it has been luck. Some of it is they they haven't drafted well. Um, they haven't used their resources well, and. Yeah, they're they're still kind of stuck in the mud. I mean, what's the best case scenario next year? James uh, Dolan you know, dies, probably. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Like <laughs> who, who's five, six seed. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who's to say? Who's to say? Well, JJ, you are in your. It's been a. It's been an off season full of big moves, and you are in your rookie year at ESPN as an NBA analyst. Right, the Disney perks are not busting quite yet, but in such a short span, you've already become the people's champ. What are the keys to just being a good NBA analyst? Well, the first the first thing is being prepared. And hmm. so I, I've approached this chapter of my life in the same way that I approached my first chapter. And so much of my confidence as a basketball player came from all the work that I did. My routine, right. um, you know, was primary to everything that I did in, in my career. He's and dialed so in. I've, I've, yeah, I was, t- I take that now in my second chapter and I'm, I'm as detail oriented as I was in the first chapter. And I, I'll give you an example. Like I watch games every night. Um, I'm talking with people across the league every day. I wake up early in the morning, usually like six 30 and I get a, I get a, 
uh, a notes from all the games the night before. I pick out what is important. I then do my own research on NBA.com, which uses Synergy, or I'll go on Second Spectrum. I'll look for advanced stats that I like. Um, I'll, I'll look at different splits for a guy. If I'm, I know I'm going to talk about a player that day, what has his splits been in, in you know February versus March? You know, I, I I'm constantly looking for for data to use. So that's one. That's one. Number two. You have to be a good communicator. You know, I, I think that's why I, I've always viewed myself, even as a player, I kind of viewed myself as a coach. You know, I was, mm. was a, I was a voice in the locker room. I was a communicator. I brought people together. A and then the third, the third thing is just is authenticity. I mean, that, that's really like I, I haven't been perfect in this part. You know, I, I've said some things that I probably wish I could take back or that I would down the line admit, hey, I was wrong on this. I, I'm not perfect with it, but I'm I'm not trying to be anybody I'm not. I'm trying to be myself and I'm trying to be honest and I'm trying to be truthful. You have a, your pregame routine was legendary um, for how dialed in it was, including those granola bars, same, same yeah. granola bar for 15 years. What's your pre-pod or pre-TV appearance uh, routine? I take I take a bunch of notes sometimes on my phone and sometimes on my notepad. Even when I go on other people's podcasts, I always have a notepad uh, in case you say something that I want to get back to, or maybe there's something when you ask a question. I know I want to get to something else. Zero so, chance any insightful shit comes up today. So yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but no, so I, I, I I'm always taking notes. I, I my routine is very simple with it though. I take a bunch of notes. I have all the stuff that I want to talk about. And then 30 minutes before the podcast or 30 minutes before I go on a show, I do my final notes. And that is as succinct as possible. Those are like a random stat or, or a specific question that I want to get to if I'm having a guest on the podcast. Um, but generally with the pod, it's just I'll write down five or six topics. And then out of that, I'll write three or four things that I, I just want to be very specific about. So it's it's it. It's more thinking about it. It's 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 it's, it's the same way. It's yeah. It's it's more thinking about it the whole week Awfulness. before I have a guest and thinking about how to frame a question and then right before it's like I'm going to have a glass of wine with this guy or I'm going to get a coffee with this and we're in private. What would I ask him? Mm -hmm. That's as, that's as simple as 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 I, as I can make it because I want yeah. I want a podcast to feel organic. I want it yeah, to sure. feel like it's a conversation that you just kind of oh I just walked in on this. This is really interesting. You know. Do but you're not doing like you're not doing like Sorry, 50 push-ups before beforehand to get a to get one last pump in. <laughs> dude, dude, my, my part of the reason I retired, honestly, is my routine was just so exhausting. Right. It was just it was just so my routines had routines and they weren't superstitions. They were just like, this is what I need to do to prepare myself to play. And even in the off season, my routines in the off season, I always said to my wife, I'm like, I'll know when it's time to retire, when I can't do the off season, when the off season seems too daunting. Right. And that's, I, I can't, I don't want to overbear myself because you have to have, when you're giving analysis or when you're asking questions, you have to have a clear mind. And, and it's the same. The other part about the podcast specifically is like when I ask a question, I'm listening. And so that's why I always have my notepad next to me, because a guy may talk for three minutes and he may say something in the first 30 seconds. That's really interesting. He may say something at the two minute mark. That's really interesting. And I want to be able to get back to that. I right. want to be able to to yeah. sort of to, to have a full 
breakdown of what he's talking about. It, sh- it should never be question answer. Right. If that makes sense. One strategy that's worked really well for us. I don't know if you've ever tried just interrupting people is usually pretty good in terms of like. Yeah, no, I, I, I actually, <laughs> when I first started podcasting, I would do that all the time. And like people would leave random notes for me on Twitter. <laughs> like you need to stop interrupting your guests. And, and sometimes when I watch other podcasts, I'm like, wow, they, they fucking interrupt a lot. Do you read the comments? Yeah. Do you listen to the haters? Oh yeah. I don't care about that. I don't oh, care about right. the haters, but I do. I do. I read comments for feedback. Um, okay, sure. because like when I think about the podcast specifically, I think about one thing and one thing only, and that is growing the audience. Because mm. Everything else that happens from a podcast as a business comes from being able to grow your audience. Right. And it's not looking for clickbait. It's not looking for that. I don't care if fan sided picks something up. I look at our audience numbers. That's the only thing I care about. And so to get feedback, I look at comments on YouTube. I, I look at comments on Twitter a little bit, Instagram a little bit, but YouTube really, that's where our, you know we have a huge audience there, relatively huge audience. Yeah. Um, but for a podcast, we have a, a big audience there. And so that's where I sort of get feedback. And generally speaking, you, know, you can scroll down first 20, 30 comments. You're like, oh, we need to be better here. Oh, the mic was in the wrong place. Oh, you know, it's like we 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 all like Tommy does that. Our head of production, Jason, does that. We all read the comments. We we want it. We want it to be on point. Well, so JJ, guys, I think if you're that, listening uh, at home yeah. and you want to harass JJ Reddick, now you know you can read the YouTube comment. <laughs> yeah, but JJ, I feel like you've uh, learned how to deal with the haters early on in your career. That being said, we are not above clickbait, which is why we want to talk about <laughs> a legend that you work with. What is the best thing about working with Stephen A. Smith? Mm. The best thing he interesting taking your time here. <laughs> no, because there's I, there's a lot of things that I really enjoy about it. First of all, it's it, he's fucking entertaining. <laughs> like you don't like, say. <laughs> it's it's sometimes he's he's on his rants and I'm trying to hold back laughter or hold back a smile <laughs> and I don't always do that. Um, and the camera, you know, we'll be on a split screen and I'm like, and and I'll you know because people send me the clips, they'll screenshot it, be like, "What were you thinking here with this eye roll or whatever?" You know, it's so I never I find it to be very entertaining. And and it, the, he'll walk in, he'll walk in at nine fifty eight. Hey, what's up? You know, maybe we have something that happened. How was uh how was uh the game last night that you were at? Oh, it was good. It was good. All good. How when did you fly back? I flew back this morning. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there'll be like thirty seconds. And it'll just be silent for 30 seconds. And then he'll be, they'll be like, we're going to do a cold open and it'll come on and we'll split screen and he'll just turn into a different person. Yeah. He'll, he just like, he plays this character. He's an, you know, he's being himself. It's not like he's not being himself, but he turns it on. And the first time I just remember being like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> I didn't watch first take as a play. I didn't watch shows as a player. I didn't care. And I was like, what the fuck was that? That was awesome. Um, second thing, he's been incredibly supportive and he's not just supportive of me. He's incredibly supportive of everybody. Like he, he, that show gives every person that goes on it a, a really big platform. And we did a live show last week with Draymond Green and we're sitting in the green room we're about to go out in five minutes and he, he comes back in the green room like he showed up to the show i'm like fuck dude this is awesome thanks for the support and uh draymond's guy adam was like hey are you guys going to talk about new media and i was like yeah of course he's like Stephen a should come on i was like you want to come on he's like yeah so he came on the show for 15 minutes like wasn't supposed oh, to Oh, wasn't even planned um wow no it wasn't planned we I was totally impromptu like I, stuff like that 
um, you know, him coming on my podcast and then basically his team creating videos from that right. and yeah. posting organically on his own social media feeds, like all that stuff matters. Like he's, he's been very supportive and I, that's what I appreciate the most. Yeah. He's like a cottage industry at this point. Right. So to be a part of that is kind of, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. good for everyone for sure. Yeah. Uh, what's the worst thing about working with Stephen A. Smith? His takes. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking sub zero frigid takes. <laughs> he does consider no, himself he, a super, he does thing, consider I, himself. I, go ahead. No, I was going to say it's a, the takes are a good and bad thing for me because they're bad. Like he has some really bad takes. Let's be clear on that. But yeah. they're good for me because then it makes me look better than I probably, <laughs> you know, than I, than I actually am. Right. Um, Addition by subtraction. I, 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 but I would say the whole experience with him has been like you mentioned the, the percentages earlier, like it's a hundred percent. It's right. been nothing but positive and nothing but a great experience. I, I truly, I truly mean that. I'm not just saying that because I still want to go on a show. You know, it's, <laughs> I, he really has been uh, amazing to work with. Do you have a favorite take of his because it is the worst of all time? Like something that jumps out, man. Um, I I think whenever it's not just him whenever we talk about Jordan versus LeBron mm. whenever we have this goat debate if you are from a certain generation you're going to lean heavily towards Jordan and in the process of doing that a lot of times you inadvertently sort of shit on LeBron mm. You know, you want to bring up like we have such recency bias. We all do. Humans do. And we certainly have it in the media. And so you want to bring up all these things from LeBron's career where he failed. And it's like this, you know, three Pete that happened twice. It's like, well, that's he was 100 percent. You know, he was six to zero in the finals. And you're like, well, LeBron doesn't get credit for going 10 times. Right. Like We're not going to like shouldn't. LeBron get credit for not taking two years off. And I'm not saying LeBron is the goat. I'm not saying that at all. But we, we that generation just constantly sort of inadvertently shits on LeBron. Yeah. And it's like, well, we're talking about if he's not one, he's one A. <laughs> like there's that's not I don't think that's up for debate. So it, it it's like bemoans a, 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 a legend. And I, I bring this up all the time. The thing that is interesting to me is like it got worse, certainly. Once cable television came around and and sports radio and talk shows and all this, like players became more and more scrutinized. And then we hit this inflection point with social media and 24-7 news programming and debate shows. And our generation is the first generation of players to live through that. Prior generations of players, they had been canonized with no real critical scrutiny. And so whenever our generation brings anything up, it's like, oh, you're disrespecting the old generation. I'm like, no, I'm not. Yeah. I'm just acknowledging some context here. It's like OG hip hop heads or even classic rock guys. It's like, <laughs> yes. it doesn't. Yeah. No, I get yes. what you're saying. And, yeah. then, and a lot of times by bigging up, you know, previous thing that maybe a certain audience wasn't around to see, it then undermines current talent, which yes. I get what you're yes. saying. LeBron yes. Well, Stephen A. Smith, I think he, it goes back to, well, go ahead. Yeah. Stephen A. Smith, he considered himself a, a fashionable guy. What do you personally think of his fits? Oh, I've told him they're not great. <laughs> they're not great. And how does he react to that? Yeah. Well, he, Stephen A. is a confident 
individual. Um, <laughs> Better be. Yeah. We were talking about the <laughs> the simplicity, the simplicity of my own wardrobe and the sort of the classic nature of it. And then with Stephen A, like some days he'll come in and he'll have this really nice Tom Ford suit on that fits really well, and he's got a white te- you know, or a white button up on. And then other days he comes in, like one day he came in recently and he was wearing a, a mustard plaid sport coat with a black shirt and a brown tie. And he thought that fit was fire. And I'm like, dude, that shit's awful, bro. <laughs> like, what? How, when you- but somehow our fits end up like he always makes a comment on Molly's fit. Right. She Then he makes a comment about his own fit and how good he looks sure. like the dude went to the Fashion Institute of Technology for like one year and he thinks he's like God's <laughs> gift to fashion. Did he really go to FIT or are you making a joke? No, he went there. Yes. What? He went there. Really? Yes. I got to read up yes. on his Wikipedia page. Stephen A went to FIT for one wow. semester. Yeah, and now he's a fashion plate. Okay, exactly. Well, to be clear, most exactly. people that go, most people at FIT can't don't be dressing. <laughs> yeah, <they laughs> but I think Stephen A. Smith is just keeping that tradition yeah. alive for his uh, proud alumnus. Yes. Respect, <laughs> JJ. We mentioned the haters. Where do you think you rank all time when it comes to the most hated college basketball players? Mm. At the time, or are we are we counting sort of where where I stand now? All time. Um, who's, who's the goat of most hated? Are yeah. you the Jordan? Are you the LeBron? I'm top. Th- I'm top three. I'm top three. Who would you say is up there with you? Leitner and Grayson Allen? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's all Duke guys. Yeah. It's all Duke guys. Well, it's not RJ I, Barrett. That I think Canadian so, some of some of that is just because it's it's a little bit of overexposure when you play at Duke. Like we're on TV more than any other team. And as a white man, for sure. Every year. And then it's like the, the white villain, which Leitner started. Thanks Christian. (laughs) And then it's like, because like my thing was when I was in college, it was, we played 10 or 11 games and our only road games were an, uh, a game in Indianapolis for the John Wooden classic against UCLA. And then we played in Greensboro Coliseum for the ACC big 10 against Ohio state. So we get to pass New Year's and we go to our first road game against Clemson and I come out for warmups and it's like everybody's just like yelling crazy things to me. And I I was like, they've anointed me something before I even sort of did anything wrong. Before you and earned then, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was like, oh, you know, he's the next guy. He's the next white Duke guy we're going to hate. You know, it was like, oh, and then once he's gone, we'll hate Paulus and then we'll hate Shire and then we'll hit, <laughs> hate Singler and then we'll hate Grayson Allen. It's like that Grayson did some stuff that deserved right. the harsh treatment. Let's be clear on that. What happened with me was I felt that hatred and that animosity. And rather than just shut the fuck up, I just like created this on court persona. I leaned in and just like, oh, you think I'm an asshole? I can be dressed. Trust me, I can be an asshole. I will be an asshole. Oh, I will start writing poetry tomorrow. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You want me to read my poetry? Here's the other thing. Let's I, I, I this came up on a podcast recently and I'm like, let's be very clear on this. That that was not poetry. Those were rap lyrics. All right. Those were rap lyrics. I, 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 I was a rapper in college. All right. Like I was not. Those were bars. Those right. were attempts at bars. Yeah. Attempt. A key word being attempts, but for sure. Exactly. Exactly. I'm happy to set the record straight. Wait, did you have a rapper alias? 
Like a name? Uh, just yeah, it was just J Red. J Red. Yeah. Can we find your stuff so on SoundCloud? That, if we dig, if we dig deep enough, can we find you on SoundCloud? Yeah, there is some stuff on SoundCloud. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. What? You, you won't find it under J Red. I don't think. Wow. There, there is a page still up of the guy I used to rap with. He, um, he was a soccer player, and he, we used to. There was a football guy, and then another one of my teammates, Shavuk Randolph, also rapped. Um, yeah, but the reason the J Red thing was because my freshman year, right when I got there, uh, sorry, would hang out with Chris Duhan and Reggie Love, and. Those guys had started the year before a uh, a football and basketball fraternity, unofficial, of mm. course, called PDF. It was five drink of forty, um, <laughs> okay. and we all had we all had we all had we legit had fits made. Like we had gear, we had PDF gear Merch. that we went yeah. to the local local mall in Durham. We found a printer and we created logos, and then on all the shirts they had like J Red and our number. Mm. Cause I was the eighth member. So my, all my shit was like J red eight. We had, we had sweats, we had hoodies, Damn, fire. um, hats. Yeah. yeah it was I awesome. I can't imagine why awesome. people hated you. That's crazy. That's- Looking back, how happy <laughs> no. are you that social media wasn't really a thing while you're in college? Yeah. I wouldn't have made it. I would have made it through Duke. I'm going to be clear. <laughs> I wouldn't have made it through. Um, dude, I, 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 I went one, my sophomore year, I went out into Shoseskiville the night before the Duke Carolina game and played beer punk. Like, could oh. you imagine if social media was bro. around? Yeah. No, I'd I'd, I'd be kicked off the team. Like it yeah, was probably. Yeah, it was ridiculous. It was. Ridiculous. You mentioned you mentioned beer pong, JJ, and I want to I want to put I want to settle some 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 ongoing rumors real quick. So well, seventeen years straight. ago, seventeen years ago, an account on TripAdvisor posted a question asking whether or not any hotels in Cancun had a specific piece of hardware that would be instrumental to a vacation of a lifetime. All right. Someone with the username JJ Reddick asks, quote, so I'm wondering what hotels, if any, offer beer pong or tables that can be used for such glorious activities. Was that you? And were you able to secure a beer pong table? <laughs> Wait, is this a true thing on TripAdvisor? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. No, that wasn't me. <laughs> First of all, I'd never go to Cancun. I would never go to Cancun. <laughs> to whom God. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm more of a I'm more of a Cabo guy. Right, um, right, right, right. But uh, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, I did play a lot. I did play a lot of beer pong when I went back for the Duke Carolina game um, this year, the last home game that we lost. Um, I'm like, I went back uh, with uh, Bob Myers and Mike Dunleavy, the Warriors front office guys, and and I I watched the Lakers Warriors game. Game ended. I'm like, it's like 11:45, and I'm like, fuck. I'm just gonna go back. I got an early flight. Gonna go back to my hotel. And as I'm walking out, there's a group of Duke students uh, that had just graduated. And they're like, hey, we're going to Shooters. I don't know if you guys know anything about Shooters, but it's a local country western bar with a mechanical bull yeah. in Durham, and that's like the hot spot. Sure. And I'm like, all right, I'll go. My boy was there, Tony. Tony, and we ended up playing beer pong and. We had multiple games. We were six and zero. We had multiple games where the other the ki- the kids, the poor college kids, didn't even get to shoot the ball. Oh, you like, naked lap throw the ball. Yeah, you naked lap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was six zero, six zero. We just buckets, buckets, buckets. Give us the ball. It's back. Like it was, it was ridiculous. So I still have the touch. Okay, I still have the touch. Right, so, that, so that's interesting because there there's someone on Reddit that claims that um, people used to talk shit about you in college because you were supposedly bad at beer pong. Are you saying that JJ Reddick is amazing at pong? Yeah. You're nice with it. I've taken some L's. I don't, I've never been bad. I was never bad at beer pong. If people, I don't, I don't know where that comes if from. If people played you in college and like beat you, 
was that like, was the shit talking at an all time high? Cause I mean, who would you rather beat in beer pong than like, you know, a dude who's 89% from the free throw line and the all time leader in three pointers made. Right. I think the shit, the shit talking was, was worse with like friends than okay. it was with like random people. Sure. You know, like, and I, I, I would go like my first two years I went to, i my, my, uh, buddy was from Davis, California. So we would fly to Davis or fly to Sacramento, drive up to Davis. We would hang out at UC Davis for a couple of days. Then we'd drive down to UC Santa Barbara. One year we stopped at San Luis Obispo. Another year we drove all the way to LA. Then we'd go back up and we'd stop in all these random colleges and we'd play beer pong against random people. And you know, it was, it was fun. And, uh, you know, but the, the, the heated matches, like I got in a, a couple fights with friends over beer pong games. Cause the shit talking just got out of hand. Yeah. You know, where you, all of a sudden you're talking like personal stuff, you know? Um, well, they, yeah, they I was were, always good. I don't, I don't buy that. I don't buy that. I don't buy that. Right. Don't, don't believe everything you read on Reddit, James. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will say though, the, the one experience I have playing a professional athlete in beer pong, uh, was Andy Reddick. And I beat his ass and, uh, Andy Roddick, excuse me, Andy Roddick, Andy, yeah. not your, not your brother, Andy. Um, and, <laughs> uh, he did not take it well whatsoever. So, you know, I mean, yeah, Andy Roddick's a psycho. He's a competitive <laughs> psycho. Like yeah, it's not surprising. Um, most, most professional athletes to get to where we are, like we're, we're competitive psychos. We're nut jobs. We're right. absolute nut jobs. Uh, that's fair. From all that hate in college, whether it was because, uh, you know, you're, you're crossing the line with your elbow on beer pong or just from fucking the J red eight type shit. What's it like now getting all this love as the people's <laughs> sportscaster, bro. You know, I, going through what I went through in college requ- required a lot of therapy and some of it was immaturity and some of it was just not understanding why I was receiving so much hate. and then becoming comfortable with who you are, I think is a, it's like a life skill, you know, it really is. And I think some of it was just, and I was still a douche when I got to the NBA, let's be clear on that. But my, my wife mellowed me out. I met her and we started dating after my second year. And I think some of it was that some of it was just growing up and becoming more mature. Um, So I don't, I don't think about like I, I, we're human beings. We we want people to like us. I don't want to like walk down the street and have people scream things at me. Like, <laughs> like what happened in college? Right. Like, that's not fun. That's not a fun experience. But like, I don't care if like some guy on Twitter thinks that I'm a, a, a bad, te- you know, TV analyst. Like that right. doesn't bother me. Um, And in the same vein, if somebody praises me on Twitter, like that doesn't, I don't know. I, I look at it like this. It was the same way with a basketball player as a basketball player. When I, when I sort of started becoming a free agent, got to my second contract, third contract, fourth contract, all that stuff. It was like, am I valued? Mm-hmm. Am I valued around the league? Do teams value me? Am I valued in a locker room? Am I valued with the coaching staff? Um, that's more what matters. And it's the same thing with this. It's like, do, do I, do I, do I have a value? I think that's more what it is. And, and, you know, Stephen A is a great example of that. He has, he has incredible value. As a, as a television analyst and as a media personality, but there's a lot of people that don't think that he has great takes. Right. And, and some, some of that is just the nature of television, but it's, it's more about creating value than it is like, I, I hope everybody likes me. Sure. You know? Yeah. That makes, that makes total sense. And then if you're like pandering to make like, you can't be everything to everyone. And then at that yeah. point, what it is the value, like you're saying, then you're a fucking blowhard or whatever, you know? Well, the other thing that has happened a bunch of, which I didn't realize this was a thing until this year, 
is we'll do this on the podcast. We'll we'll do like trade deadline stuff and or free agency stuff or the draft and we'll talk about a three or four guys and if we don't mention someone, we won't even say anything bad about someone. If we don't mention someone, uh, then I'm a hater. <laughs> you know, it's like why do you never talk about the Raptors? Do you hate the Raptors? <laughs> like what? No. <laughs> You're anti-Canada. No, bro. we were talking we yeah. were talking about the Memphis Grizzlies. What the fuck <laughs> do the Raptors have to do with the Memphis Grizzlies? Yeah. With apex That's predators, you know. Yeah, a nice little whataboutism from the from the fans at home at Jurassic Park. Yeah. Also, it's long term, right? So it's not just like you can't you can't win every take, you can't win every segment, you can't win every episode. But I want to talk about a time where you did win, JJ. Um, I think it was 2015. You showed up to training camp with the Clippers, and you seemingly had this sleeve, this tattoo sleeve that had appeared overnight, right? That people went wild for. The question we want to ask is, who among your NBA colleagues? has the worst tattoos and just maybe as a memory refresher or to kill some time when you think of it, right. We got Reggie Miller with the sunburst around his belly button, right? Yeah. Sean Stevenson's $5 bill tribute to Abraham Lincoln. We got Kmart's lips on his neck. We got Chris Anderson, the bird man his free bird neck tattoo. And let's forget Jason William with the wit e-boy knuckle tats. Yeah. Who do you think? Yeah. Who fucking bricked it? Yeah, who's the, who's the, who's got the worst stats, dude? <laughs> oh man, we bought you a lot of time to think there. Yeah. So, first of all, I just want to clarify something. I actually, I actually did my sleeve in season. Okay. So oh, really? I, w- yeah. So we like had a game on like Monday. We had Tuesday off, and then I got I got half of it done, the upper half done on Tuesday. I showed up to practice Wednesday. Everybody's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then like I had half a sleeve for like a month. And then I got the second half done. And then I did two where I, you know, I filled everything in and did the detailing. So it took four months to complete because I was in season. The guy was in San Francisco and he would fly down to LA once a month to to sit down with me for four or five hours to do each session. You had a standing did it point. Did it, did it yeah. hurt to play with? Well, it, yeah, like didn't in progress? it didn't hurt to play with the only thing that happened was the first the, the the first one I got we the next game which was like two days right after I got it I'm still like you know putting ointment on it and everything Gerald Henderson used to he was just a terrible fowler he, he just every foul was hard he grew out his nails and he scratched a lot because he would grab you <laughs> Hell yeah. and he scratched my lion's face like he there's this like two inch scratch on my lion's face and i was so concerned that my lion was going to have a deformity when it healed but luckily it did not wow. luckily it did. actually my my winged man I'm not a fan of his eyes, but that. What other than that, I like. <laughs> I like the tattoo. You asking the coach to take I you see, out? Like, Yo, uh, coach, I'm, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. Take me out. <laughs> I, I got my tattoos fucked up. Uh, Luca, Luca's uh, one over his shoulder. It's. I think it's supposed to be Slovenia. I think. Right. I think. <laughs> But it looks like a deformed map of the world. <laughs> so yeah. So when you ask him what it is, he actually says the world, but it's not the world. It's not. It's supposed to be Slovenia. Damn. Hey man, all that's political. <laughs> you, well, you talked about the 27, 24-7 nature of just like the um, you know, how we look at athletes and, and the access we have now. And one one thing that's become such a talking point are the fits that we see on draft day. Looking back on your draft day fit, how would you score yourself? At the time, 
at the time, mm-hmm. given the context, I'd give myself an eight. Really? And if if you see, because if you see a photo of just me, you're like, man, that is a big suit that he's wearing. Right. Go find a photo of all the guys that were in the green oh, sure. room at the draft that night. Yeah. I had a skinny suit on relative to yeah. what they were wearing. That's when everybody had the LV fit, uh-huh. yeah. which was basically like double wide legs. The 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 uh, the jacket round ran down almost to the knees. Yeah, looking like, like they was, blew a bag at the Steve Harvey store. Yeah, yeah. it was tough. I think you, so at the time it was an eight. Long term, it was like a three. Right. I mean, if I had to judge myself, you kind of in perpetuity, it was like a three. You have three buttons, which is nice. Versus like you know, like James said, the Steve Harvey shit. You kind of look like Regis Philbin hosting who mm. wants to be a million. Thank you. I appreciate that. Do you wish you went harder? Because it's kind of now nondescript too. Like, is that good or bad that it's just like? kind of fall into the annals of time at this point. Yeah. You have to understand something about that period of time in my life. So <laughs> I wanted to go to homecoming my junior year and my parents didn't have an extra 150 bucks to go buy me a suit at JC Penney. So I got a job working in a restaurant, which I ended up working there my junior and my senior year to earn some money. Cause I had a car then 1984 birth year, Honda Accord. It was great. It came in one color that year. <laughs> So I buy this $150 suit and that's all I've got, right? All through college, I've got this $150 suit from JCPenney. Then Zenya says they're going to make me a suit for the draft. And I'm like, what the, this is, this suit is $3,500. Are you serious? Like, I didn't care what it looked like. I wanted to look, (laughs) I wanted to look fine. I just couldn't believe, like I was paying, my parents had to take out alone so that I could live off campus my senior year by myself. Right. So I like I got drafted the next day I wrote my mom a check to pay off that loan. Like oh <laughs> I didn't care. I did, I was that, that that those two months between you know I'm I'm signing cards and they're like here's $12 a signature. Go sign a 10,000 cards. I'm like I got $120,000 to sign cards. This is fucking insane. Like I it, I, my, my mind was blown right. throughout that process. I didn't care. Like, I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go hard on my right. fit. I didn't think yeah. about that. It was like, I'm getting to wear a Zenia yeah. suit. This is incredible. I'm At least money. someone told you to take the, the label off the sleeve. That would have been a faux pas, right? If you're yeah, like, exactly. Zenia, it's Zenia. <laughs> you should have done the custom lining, <clears throat> the custom lining with the J8 uh jerseys j red eight j red eight and the pdf logo yeah (laughs) we talked about we talked about the pdf style phase you went through um looking back with maturity with knowing and loving thyself what is a style phase you went through with hindsight being 2020 that you now regret the most and i'm sure there were a few (laughs) there's there, there are a few there are a few um probably the year 2000 (laughs) <laughs> till about the year 2008. Oh, okay. almost a whole I, decade. Okay. <laughs> when I thought I was a double XL, uh, <laughs> I thought that was my size. Okay. And then I'm like, oh no, I'm a large, sometimes a medium, <laughs> sometimes right. a medium, you know, that's, that's one, uh, specifically within that time period, uh, in high school, uh, I would, I would wear double XL polo shirts. <laughs> so sometimes double XL button ups, mm. long sleeve button ups. So like on, you're on your soldier uh, boy swag. Yeah, yeah, or polos, yeah. but then I'd wear two t-shirts underneath. Oh yeah, to make myself look. Oh, I see. You know what I mean? Right. Um, my buddy Ty- Tyler Lumsden, he played pro baseball for a little bit, but he 
I basically wore it like that because that's how he wore it. And we always joke like, what the fuck were we, why were we wearing it? Like, why would you ever put a polo on and then have two t-shirts on underneath? That seems weird. You're just trying to look buff? Like, just look buff. Yeah. <laughs> and then, the, then I would say, then I would say there was a period of time where it was very much the hashtag menswear mm. uh, time period, like right when Instagram came out. Yeah. And I look back on my suits during that period of time and I was like, yeah, you definitely could have gone up a size. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, you shouldn't be able to see my quad muscles <laughs> yeah. in my suit. And, right. It's like Goldilocks. And the jackets were short. It was, yeah, yeah. it was the other side were, of the coin where you're like yeah. struggling to breathe now. Yeah. Yeah. And and it, look, I, I, I think, and then it got, then I just was like, then I got older and then I was like, I don't really want to take a lot of time. So then it was just like creating a basic template sure. to wear to games. This is when people started photographing things. And I was like, you know what? Like I look really fucking good in a bomber jacket, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to lean into that. And so I wore, I wore, I had like, I was like the bomber jacket guy, you know, that's all my teammates were like, what bomber jacket are you wearing to the game? (laughs) You know, it's like, that's, that's what I would do. Hell yeah. Um, A little bit of a uniform dresser. We like that. Yeah. So yeah, I think, I think it all evolves. It all evolves. And you know, I was like from probably 2008 to like 2015 ish. I was like really into it. I would, I would read GQ and Esquire and and obviously Mr. Porter came around sure. at this time and so I started reading the journal and I would re- read menswear blogs. I was like really into it, trying to understand what was going on, what was going on. And then I started having kids yeah. and I was like, yeah. I, I don't, I don't have time. Yeah. Let's create time. a template here. Yeah. Let's create a template here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's time to care for another life, not just my own <laughs> personal wardrobe. Yeah, exactly. Did, exactly. Did moving to Brooklyn late in your career, did that make you start dressing like a fucking hipster? <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what a hipster is anymore. What is a hipster? What is that considered? I, I don't think I don't guess think the word holds any ours. water anymore. That was just that we were just trying to set you up for a gotcha question. That's I mean, <laughs> when I think of a hipster, I think of really, really hard salvaged denim jeans. Yeah, yeah, like an urban woodsman type deal. With the cuff rolled up, up maybe a little too high for to my like to the shirt. knee. <laughs> and then some sort of work boot. Yeah. Red and wings. then and then a flannel shirt and definitely face facial hair and a right. high fade, sometimes with a with a comb over, uh, you part. know, buzzed buzzed in the part, yeah. the, the, the part buzzed in. That's what I think of. Did you ever I think hipster? Did you ever do any of those things independently or together when you moved to Brooklyn? Ne- never together. Okay. I mean, I I was I was shaving a side, uh, you know, the side part in. Right. By like 2014 or 15. I was shaving that in. Yeah. And, and I did it a couple of times this year. It like comes and goes. Sometimes like I want to do it. I don't want to do it. Sometimes I want a high fade. Sometimes I don't. Like I grew my hair out this year and then I was getting ready to be summer and I was like, I want to go back to the fade. My barber gave me a poof. So then I just, <laughs> so then I just went home and I took a, I took a number nine and just cut oh, off. Oh yeah. I just did it. Fuck it. <laughs> and I was like, this is liberating, man. This is liberating. <laughs> yeah. All right. Respected. Know thyself. Like I'm a big work boot guy though. Okay. I've always been, I've always been a big work boot guy. Yeah. What, uh, what are your, what are your boot? What's your boot brand of choice? Yeah. Um, I actually like, uh, Thursday is it Thursday boot company. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I like, are they an I advertiser? Like, I mean, no. Oh, not. really? Believe wow. it or not. No, okay. no. All right. I know I've mentioned a couple that do advertise on the podcast, right, but no, right. Thursday boot is not, um, red wing. And then, uh, I've had multiple pairs of, uh, I'm terrible by the way, with 
brand. Uh, I mean, I, this is, you're talking to a guy that studies French wine. I still can't pronounce any of the fucking wineries. That's fair. Um, but Ofer, Oferchin Gen, General. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Made, yeah. they make some dope boots. Absolutely. I, I've had like three or four pairs of them and they last for three years, you know, so. And some fire yeah. shooting. What about sneakers yeah. though? What's in your current sneaker rotation? You mentioned that you're wearing the slides right now as like a little post uh, golf foot tender foot massagers. What about uh, sneakers? <laughs> Don't care if they're not in style anymore. I will always rock white common projects. Oh, sure. The Achilles the classic. Yeah. yeah the mm-hmm. classic that started the whole, the whole trend. I like, I'm obsessed with those. Um, yeah. They launched like I, a thousand imitators for sure. Yeah. I switched over from Nike to Adidas after my 10th year. And it was right around the time the boost boost technology mm. came on, came on. So just the classic Adidas boost, like running shoes. Right. Um, always have a couple pairs of those and love those uh and then i'm i love the john elliott sneakers man oh yeah actually i have a i have a pair out here in sag with me yeah Yeah. i love the john elliott the show fucking modern day fucking fashion genius john elliott yeah he's the man two t's don't you forget it what are the best Um, shoes what are the best sneakers to hooping though yeah we need to know that what are you hooping i'm not just saying this i don't have a current contract with adidas i'm not just saying this literally anything with boost technology. Okay. Like my, my feet hurt for years. I had plantar fasciitis off and on and I, I would get like sore on my fifth meta, uh, metatarsal, I think is not metacarpal metatarsal is the foot. Well, whatever I'd get sore on the outside of my foot off and on throughout seasons, my heels would hurt. And then I did literally, once I switched to Adidas and started wearing the boost stuff, like I had no issues. And the, the challenge for me every year was like, they wanted me to wear current product, which Nike did too. And it was, so it was like, I got to find the new boost shoe that works for me that has, cause I don't, I didn't, I never liked a high sneaker. Right. I liked like either a mid or a low. Sure. So I was just trying to find the right boost shoe that had that. Could you have Can, a you still dunk? <laughs> Can I still dunk my yeah. kid? My kids asked me to do it the other day. I snuck one in. Oh yeah, it's not going in. It wasn't pretty. And then my, I uh, no one hand. And then it was with their ball, so because I, I could grip it. You know what I mean? <laughs> you have your, <laughs> children size basketball. No, no, no. It was a youth basketball, which okay. is like so. A, 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 I think a, a a normal size NBA ball is twenty nine, like a it's called twenty nine, and then a, a younger a women's ball is like a twenty eight and a half, and then a youth is twenty seven. So it was a youth yeah. ball. We're gonna Could send a league rep out. To measure the hoop too, just to make sure. Keep <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I think it was, a, it was a double tonight. rim. It was a double rim. Okay. It was a, it was in Carroll Gardens. It was it was on a court in Carroll Gardens, All and right. I think the court wasn't when it was uneven, so I may have jumped <laughs> off the lower side. Okay, but it was a double rim, so that kind of offsets. <laughs> <laughs> okay, still got it, folks. Yeah, yeah, still got it, JJ. Um, you mentioned I, actually, I gotta I gotta tell this story because I haven't told this story yet. But go off. I so I'm I take my kids to shoot at the park here in Sag Harbor. Um couple times a week and I took my son two days ago and we were just just me and him empty court we're working on his game working on some layup packages and whatnot and he's seven by the way and <laughs> uh, these two middle school kids come over and they're like do you guys want to play two on two and I'm like Knox do you want to play he's like yeah let's play he you know he's face lit up he's like this is gonna be great so I'm playing slides and I've got my <laughs> golf clothes on cause I just got off the course and I've got my, I literally the slides I have on right now and I just destroyed these kids. Oh, it felt sure. so good. It felt <laughs> so good. <laughs> I made sure Knox got a few buckets too, right. but 
it was like and then they were like after like three three buckets they were like did you have you played basketball before yeah, i was gonna did say they had no somewhere? idea who you were no right? clue yeah, yeah. even after i told them that i played in the nba 15 years they had zero clue <laughs> Zero like, clue. Did you make these all time? Like, all time three. Do you guys not watch first take? <laughs> yeah. yeah right. Did you guys not watch first first take? Did you block the shit out um, of them, or were you like boxing them out? Yeah. Fuck it. Well, what happened was, shit. what happened Cross was, <laughs> we win the first game easily. We're playing to six, and then we played the second game, and like, I'm letting them shoot. The one kid was left-handed. He wasn't particularly good at basketball, and so like, he all of a sudden made like three 17 footers in a row. Wow. And they win. And Knox obviously can't guard a 14 year old. This kid had handles like the kid he was guarding had handles. So then I'm like, all right, for the third game, Knox, like we can't lose. I'm just going to let you know, I'm going to score the next three or four times in a row because it was make it take it. And I was like, I'm not going to pass you the ball. And he's like, okay, dad. Okay. that's cool. <laughs> I was like, we can't lose this game. <laughs> right. So, so I did that. And then in that game, I just kind of, I actually played defense and blocked some shots and, you know, I got up on the kid with the handle. And I stole, I took the ball from right. him and stole it from him, you know? So Still I felt it. good. I felt like a lockdown defender for like five minutes, right. you know, it was the first time in my life I've ever felt that did way. You, did you have to hit the cold tub afterwards? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I thought I was going to be so sore. It was, the, it was the hardest I've breathed in about a year and a half, to be honest with you. So like, I don't, I don't work out anymore. I, I weigh the same. I eat what I normally ate as a player, which is, you know, I eat very healthy. Um, but I don't eat as much cause I, yeah. I'm not hungry in the morning. So like I eat two meals a day and I weigh the same. I just don't have any rip whatsoever. Um, yeah. there's, there's abs in here somewhere They right. just, you just can't see them. <laughs> I mean, you might, you might want to hit the weights because you did lose one out of three games to two 14 year old boys. So, you know, <laughs> well, I wanted them to feel good about themselves, sure. okay. you know, yeah, right, right, right. right For pulling the shit out of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, JJ, you are one of the all-time three-point scorers in the NBA, but you're talking to two all-time John's enthusiasts, Throwing Fits, the goddamn motherfucking boys, the only podcast that matters. Did you see uh, the, the sneak preview of the, um, the uh, stuff that we designed with Mr. Porter that we sent your way? Yeah. Yes. Okay. What do you think, brief. bro? We get our whole with fucking 70 pieces dropping on July 15th. What do you think? Yeah. Be honest about what you saw in the, in the brief that we sent you. Well, yes, yeah, so I only I only probably saw fourteen of the pieces. Yeah. I would mm -hmm. guess. Yeah, mm -hmm. I loved it. Okay, and Thank actually, you. my fucking sweatshirt was supposed to arrive today. Oh no, it didn't. The tie dye. Well, I wasn't here, uh. and so <laughs> you guys made it. You guys. <laughs> You made it for oh. signature only. It was a signature delivery. Like it's Sag Harbor. Nobody's going to take well, it. Okay, first of all, that's not us. That's Mr. Porter. Okay. That is Mr. Porter himself. He fucked that up. God I think what happened was those two 14 uh. old boys came by, saw the package, and stole <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. When you, when you see I, a 14 year old boy draped in some fucking fine mine Italy tie dye, you have to play him for it. Um, I'm excited about the tie dye sweatshirt, though. I got to be honest with you. I'm really excited about it. It's going to be um, perfect for those Sag Harbor nights, chilling by the water with your family. Dude, I have a little ice cream. Oh, yeah, hell. it's uh, <laughs> the best time to be out here is September, October. It's magical. You know, Northeast in, in general is magical in the fall. And I'm just like picturing myself, you know, taking walking down Sag Harbor, going to Buda Berry, getting them mm. some some frozen ice cream. Oh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a little vino no, for great, daddy. The, Thank you. The yeah. caps looks great. I, I, I was disappointed. I only got to pick a couple items and didn't get to well. pick. We're gonna we we're gonna you. rectify we're gonna rectify all that mainly because we do need a picture of you wearing the sweatshirt to promote this podcast next week. So we'll make sure that yeah. we get it out to you before Tuesday for sure. All right, good. <laughs> no problem. Hey, dude, we know we know you're a big watch guy. What's the watch collection looking like these days? What's the rotation? Yeah. Um. So, I in 2017, 
I had hit a weird point in my life where I realized that um, my obsessions uh, had sort of overtaken me mm. and I decided to sell my entire collection, which I regret. Well, really? Uh, I sold my entire collection and uh, use, I actually used the proceeds of that for a noble cause. I, I bought my parents a house so they could finally retire, retire. And, you you know, had a house on your wrist is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I had more than a house on my wrist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so I sold, I sold my watch collection and then I went about three years without a watch and I bought uh, I bought a Rolex Daytona, nice. like a new one, um, gold with a black dial. Then Beautiful. I bought my favorite watch of all time, which is the um, P series, the last version of the Zenith Daytona, sure, with a white dial. It's like the best. If you had one watch, that's the watch right. to me, because the black bezel, like I love it. It's cool, but like I don't know that you could wear it in in, in all, with all, with every fit. With I know you, the bro. Daytona is timeless, but like to you. me. The Zenith Daytona P series last version they made it. There's the very rare. Like that was my one watch. Yeah. So I bought that. And then my favorite Submariner of all time is the two line one four zero six zero M, the modified movement, which is later in that model, right. early two thousands. So I found I think a F series, which was like oh four oh five. Found one of those. I had those for two years. I just never wore them. I got so used to not wearing a watch. I just never wore them. Wow. So then I sold all of those. <laughs> So I literally own, I own besides this tag here, I own three watches and they're all sentimental. Okay. One is, um, a Cartier, uh, Santos Dumont white gold that I wore on my wedding and it's inscribed with my wedding date. My wife and I just celebrated our 12 year anniversary. So I still have that. Thank you. And then my first watch that I ever bought was the day before the NBA draft, which was a Rolex date just. So on the day my kids were born, I bought them each a Rolex Datejust. Wow. And on the back of that is I inscribed a, a, a very personal message to both of them. Mm. And yeah, those all three of those watches just sit in a safe and I'll, I'll have those forever. And then when the boys are at the right time, they get the watches. They oh, don't know they have these watches. They, they don't know. I haven't told them. Oh, no, I haven't know. told them yet. Yeah, I haven't dude, told them yet. I hope they don't listen to this podcast. I was going to say our age, <laughs> our age demographic is like pretty young, dude. You might be surprised. <laughs> They're getting ready to turn eight and six. I, the only <laughs> podcast they've ever watched is my podcast, okay. and they, they, they get really bored with. I was going to say dad. they probably hate that shit. Yeah, they, they, they just want to watch NBA highlights on YouTube. That's well, all they do now. They're like, can, can we them. watch YouTube? I just want to watch <laughs> Michael Jordan highlights. So, so right now the watch, the watch, the watch collection has been truncated multiple times, and you feel good about where you're at. You don't see it necessarily expanding or decreasing, but we're staying where we're at. I could see myself going back to, I think, I, I honestly think if I had to like build, if I had to build a perfect watch collection, it wouldn't go past four. Okay. It yeah. wouldn't go past four. Sure. And you do also, I, I really believe this too, like you don't need to buy like Rolexes and Pateks to have a great watch collection. Like you can have an awesome watch collection with a bunch of different brands. Um, but yeah, I, again, it goes back to simplicity from probably 2010 to 2017 i did the math one time i counted all the different models and different brands that i own and i think during those seven years i i owned 105 different watches what the I, was fuck? I was basically a dealer yeah so i would i would have anywhere from like 15 to 30 in my collection at a time and some of those watches lasted longer than others right but like when i look back at it i'm like i wish i had never sold 
my Rolex State Just. Right. Why the fuck did I ever sell that watch? I yeah. have no idea. I wish I had never sold my Paul Newman Daytona. Like, why the fuck did I sell that? Yeah, mainly because I, you would get a lot more for them right now, for sure. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I again, I like I sold at a time when it was like 18 months away from the market just exploding. Right. Um, I had a a six two six six three uh that's a Daytona um with a black Sigma dial that I think is like again, it's not a one watch because you can't swim in it, but right. That's that to me is the greatest watch ever made. Is, like I, I love that watch. Is there a white whale in terms of watches that you have yet to track down that you haven't already mentioned, or are you kind of like that, that I didn't own your saying? Yeah. Or have you been to the mountaintop and back at this point? I think you know, it's funny. I think anybody who's into watches, and I certainly am still into watches. Like Clearly. I still, I still, I go on a Hodinky once or twice a week. I have a relationship with those guys. Ben Clymer's a dear friend of mine. Shout out Ben. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I'm still totally into watches and I follow a bunch of stuff online. I, it's funny with watches because, you know, when I, again, was very, very good pretty poor. I was poor, not poor, but we got by, but I didn't have any extra money, you know, discretionary income. Like I thought owning a Rolex was like the mountaintop, right? Any Rolex, you own a Rolex, that's the mountaintop. And then did bought that. And then it was like, dude, I want a Royal Oak offshore. And when I signed my my first non-rookie deal, that was my first purchase. I bought a Royal Oak offshore like a month after I, I got my deal. And I thought that was the mountaintop. And then I was like, I want an FP Jour and a Chronometra Blue. Like that was my mountaintop. And even though it wasn't even as expensive as the Royal Oak, sure. it was just so rare. Right. Feasting that dragon. So I got that. Yeah. Yeah. And For then, real. and then I, and then I started like, and then I, I saw a picture of a Patek 5070, 5070. And I was like, that's the coolest looking chronograph I've ever seen. Yeah. So then that became the mountaintop. Then I learned about the 5970. <laughs> then I started getting into vintage stuff. And, you know, I was, I own like vintage Patek chronos and, and I, I never had a 2499. Um, I never had a six, two, six, three, uh, Daytona, um, that the, the Panda dial six, two, six, three Daytona was probably that for me was the one watch that I desperately wanted Mm -hmm. that I never owned. That would, that would be the one watch. Maybe maybe it's good that you got out of the watch game because you were just moving the goalposts all the time. It's very <laughs> yeah. toxic, you know. Like this is not it's, good for anyone. Yeah, I, I. But again, I think I think if you if I, if I was to build like a perfect collection, I would have a, a modern Daytona, and by modern I mean the Zenith Daytona. Right. I would have a modern Daytona. I would have th- that Submariner. I don't. I never. I owned a few different vintage Submariners. They didn't do it for me. It's really that model. Like I want to be able to fucking swim in it. Right. You know, so that's, it would be those two. And then I would, I would probably add a third Rolex, some version of the 6263. So I would be happy with the black Sigma dial or I'd be happy with a, with a Panda Daytona. I mean, nobody's going (laughs) to, nobody's going to be bad about that. So I would have three Rolexes and then ah, I would probably say my fourth watch was a watch I already mentioned. And that's the Chronometra Blue. Mm. Like that watch That's for anybody that has right there. Yeah. owned for anybody who has owned that watch or even put that watch on their wrist. None of our listeners it, have. Don't worry about it. It changes. It changes colors depending on. I mean, it's the it's the tantalum is the metal. It's this rare metal yeah. that not a lot of watches are made with, and the dial is like a different shade of blue and all different. You could you could argue you could wear that with any fucking outfit. Right. You know, it's the vibranium and, of the watch world. <laughs> yes it really is it really is so that would be i i because my thing with the vintage stuff like i loved them 
proportion wise, that was it for me. I like smaller watches. Right. Like even though I'm a, a I'm six four, I have normal size wrists, but I always like smaller watches. That's why I went with a 36 millimeter date just as my first watch. Right. Like the guy was like, You sure you don't want a 40 millimeter sub? You sure you don't want a sea dweller? I'm like, no, I want the date just. That's back when you used to be able to walk into a store right, and totally. actually buy the watch, mm-hmm. which you can't do anymore. Fucking watch industry. Fuck them. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. It's so like ridiculous. You it's so problem, ridiculous. I'll be real. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. At, at, um, your, at your peak of of watch collecting when you were essentially a a dealer were you like wheeling and dealing amongst your teammates like did you show up with the trench coat and you're like yo i got watches for sale i got or at least like i guiding the younger kids i sold i sold some watches to teammates and i it's funny steven jackson tells this story all the time he's like i thought i was balling out in watches and then i got to the clippers and i realized that the shit on my wrist was worthless because like Stephen A would buy a watch and then he put diamonds on it or whatever. And I'm oh, like, like no, no, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, dude, let, let, let me show you my white gold 5070. Let me show you this. <laughs> and he'd be like, oh, OK, I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. yeah. JJ, I want to talk real quick about your kids. Least favorite podcast, Old Man and the Three. <laughs> <laughs> Who's been your favorite guest that you've had on so far? Because I feel like you guys are known for just getting awesome yeah, names on there. Gets- Big gets only. Yeah, I mean, this you put me in a tough position here because I, you know, yeah. if I name By two design. or three, then we're gonna play the what about you're a fucking thing. hater? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll throw, I'll throw a few because to me, like we've had like evolution in the podcast, and my favorite early episode we did, which was probably in our first twenty to thirty, was Demar Derozan mm-hmm. because. For two reasons. Number one, I didn't know. I didn't know Demar. Demar is not someone that talks shit on the court. Yeah. He's not somebody that like you're going to go hang out with after the game. Like unless you're sort of like Demar's guy or his teammate. Like there's just not a lot of interaction. And he's someone I always admired and respected, and um, enjoyed playing against because he was so fucking good. And so we had him on, and he was so open. And, and you know his his the background. I'm sure you know. You know he he's really you know, went head first into this, this mental health, like taking care of his mental. Mm-hmm. And he's been very outspoken about it. And people that have done that have done therapy. You can ask them better questions. Yeah. I, I can ask him a question that he won't, that is a tough, difficult question to answer, and he will not get offended by it. And he can give a truthful, honest answer an insightful answer. And so that was the first one where I was like, Oh shit. Like we, we've got something amazing here. Um, the two we did in January with Draymond and Chris Paul, and then the the one the second time we had Kevin on, which was I think in March or early April, like to me those were like that's basketball porno. Right. Like if you're into if you're into basketball, like that was like a hoop a hoop dreamers like to listen to those conversations. I I re listened to all three of those conversations. Mm. I never re listened to my podcast, and I re listened to all three of those because there's just so much about basketball right. in there that I loved. And then I will say this. You know, we we've really focused on basketball the last uh, eight months since since last October, but Stacey Abrams was fucking awesome. Sick. Uh, Bob Iger was awesome, and Colin Morikawa might be my favorite all time episode. Oh, wow. But he's not an NBA guy, so I can't right. say that. But like <laughs> Colin might be my favorite episode. Like again, that was another one that was like I didn't know Colin. He came on the show, and it was just like easy. It was easy to You're talk. Talking about like you know, basketball porn, but then these like conversations with like Titans and other, you know, industries and, and fields. Would you say that like the value prop for old man in the three, for people that like haven't tuned in, is it that it's like a, 
a Hooper's show or is it because you have the ability to like code switch between whoever the guest is or is it both those things? I think it's both those things. Yeah. I, I think the value in the show is the, the mix of insight. Um, we try to peel back the curtain, uh, the humanization of the athlete. I think that's my number one priority going into any show with an athlete is how do I humanize this player? How do I humanize this athlete? Um, and then I, I, I think, I think too, it's just like my own comfort level as a host. I, I, and that has literally just come from reps. I mean, I, I started podcasting six years ago and I really, like we were talking about earlier, I just let, I let my guests talk and I'll chime in where necessary. I'll maybe tell an anecdotal story, but it is really about like steering a conversation to get to some meat, sure. to get to something new. And it's funny because we'll get the, you know, I've never told this story before. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, yes. You can like vis vi visually see it on, on our Zooms yeah. or if we're doing it in person where I'm like, oh, good. We're going to get some, we're going to get some stuff here. Some juicy stuff. Yeah. Uh, who's been the worst guest? Got to, got to consider both sides. You know? Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, you have to. Um <laughs> Gotta hear both sides. Probably, probably Josh Hart. Probably Josh Hart is yeah. the worst guest. Yeah, he's just a fucking. I don't know why I'm friends with him. Give <laughs> no. a dream actually, guest. Give a dream guest like someone you would love to have on one day. Yeah. Y yeah, I mean, there's two, there's two guys that we haven't got that I'm like, you know, I would love to get him. Um, that, right there's now. actually a third guy that I'm dying to get on, but we're going to get him on this summer. Same. So like, I can't say him. No spoilers. No, but who are the uh, two? I don't want to spoil it, but it's, it's Stefan Braun. Uh, okay. Like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Those would be the two guys that we haven't had on yet that I would, I, 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 here's what I found. And this is not a knock on younger players is it's much easier to do an hour to an hour and a half interview with a guy who has played. 10 plus sure. years than a guy who has played three years Absolutely, because, because number one, you have more to talk about, but number two to the point about DeMar is DeMar has, has grown up and you know, he he's evolved as a human being. He's evolved a, as a person and as a player. And so he's able to provide more insight. Right. Um, and so that's, so that's why I say Stefan Braun, because there's a bunch of young guys we haven't had on that I'd love to get on, but Stefan Braun would be my, one and two. Yeah, we'll text them after this and let them know that that you uh, mentioned them, and we'll get it. We'll get okay. it popping for you, bro. Don't even please. Yeah, you gotta go on. Uh, you gotta go on. You gotta go on the shop on interrupt. First, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can get your you part cut, shaved. You, in on you the, cut your own shop. hair. Just cut, bring your own clippers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's actually it's not a bad idea. Maybe we'll do a little home and home. Yeah, a little home and home. Exactly. JJ, last question before we get into the next segment's podcast. We are a fashion podcast. Who are the most stylish NBA players of all time. We can do a little Mount Rushmore to maybe top four unranked mm. of all time. Who's it going to be? Top four. I mean, I, I've got to throw Russell Westbrook okay. in there. Yeah. Like he's in my top four. Okay. Easy. Um, big swings. Sometimes big misses, but you know, you can't deny yeah, that. He but, goes I, for it. I, but I, 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 like I can't pull off what he pulls off, but he can't either. I just appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate that he's himself. Yeah. For sure. and, What's the and like, again, I, I just love it. I mean, so like what he what what he what he wore to the Met this year, the Met Gala. Yeah, I mean, like that. I, I loved it. 
I thought it was great. Yeah, he it, shows out for stuff like that. It's some of the tunnel fits are questionable, but you're, there's so many outfits at that point, right? You know, yeah. season, you're going to have some misses. It's just you might like I you mean, have to like, if, if we're if we're making a baseball comparison here, the guys hit. 758 home runs and he's still it's not like he's like a 220 hitter no well he's he's a he's a 300 plus hitter his ops is very high no for sure absolutely you might you might you might personally you might personally appreciate uh what he's doing what's the general consensus across the league though when it comes to russell's fits the general consensus across the league i would say is the league is a copycat league. Mm, like, and true. so you, you have to say, well, you, you Russ started this. That's yep. fair. Who, who is there? Is there, am I missing something? Did he, he started this at least this, this the, the tunnel fits version for sure. Yeah. This Absolutely. yes. A hundred, a hundred percent. Okay. So Russ is on there. We're giving a Russ slot to Russ there. and then three more slots on your Mount Rushmore of all time stylish NBA players. I got to go with MJ. Okay. I got to go with MJ and, and look, I'm not talking about MJ now. Playing beer pong in triple with the, triple with the Jinko jeans. Yeah. Remember Jinko jeans? Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> like triple white jeans. Yeah. That, those are his golf I'm not talking about That's this version. Like course. <laughs> yeah. But MJ, MJ, when he played, everything he did, yeah. whether it was like the cutoff, the cutoff tees at practice, yeah. the 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 spandex, you know, compression shorts that mm-hmm. went below. Yeah. His higher shorts, like he just, he yeah. looked good. The shoes, like, come on, MJ's got to be on yeah. the Mount Rush. Oh, yeah. Hopping out the Tessarosa with the gold hoop. I mean, come on. Dude. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sick. Fair. Sick. That's, um, that's two. All right. Halfway there. Yeah. Throw some names out there. Throw some names Alan out there. Allen Iverson. He's, he's up for consideration. Yeah. 100%. Tim, Tim Duncan with the jorts on draft day. <laughs> Duncan is not Duncan and Dirk are not up for consideration. <laughs> They're not. What about Clyde Frazier? Um, pre-modern NBA. Oh, doesn't okay. Different era, different game. Doesn't count. LeBron, what do you think of LeBron? What when he did like the yeah. the Tom, Tom Brown, Brown suits? suits. Yeah, uh, I love LeBron's got. I mean, he's got great. Fa- Here's a question though. This is what I always go back to. This is what I have a hard time with. Is like. Russell Westbrook may now have a stylist. He may now have a stylist. Sure. Definitely. If you have a stylist, should you be considered for the Mount Rushmore? If someone else is picking out your outfits? This is something that we Mm. discuss all the time. I think it's pretty clear if you have a trained eye, like who has a stylist, then kind of who has their own personal style and who is willing to take risks and go big or make mistakes. And yeah, if someone is your collaborator and someone is personal shopping, that's different, right? And I think that, you know, it, sometimes you can't tell and sometimes you absolutely can, right? And Russ, well, I, think, I, think, I think every guy is going to have input, right? Every guy's going to say, oh, here's sure. what I like. Here's what I like. But like if if someone, I know, because I know there's a lot of guys that, that have this and do this. They have a person that they give them budget. They pick out their clothes. They sure. go... They go home from practice to go to the airplane. They grab their suitcase, which has been packed for the five yeah, games for the trip. Yeah. And and they've got it labeled. This is what you're wearing in Minnesota. This is what you're wearing in Chicago. Like, again, really well-dressed guys I know that do that. And I'm like, I can't put them on the Mount Rushmore. I'm going to put Frank Jackson on the Mount Rushmore. Hmm. Okay. I'm going to put Frank Jackson on there. Now, he's got his similar. I, I appreciate guys like Russ that just have their own personal style. 
What about SGA? He's like that, right? I think he's, I don't SGA is great. He's, he's definitely do like in terms of like relevant streetwear, it's like him and bowl bowl are the only guys that wear like actual, like relevant streetwear from like the world that James and I kind of occupy uh, versus like some watered down version. That's like a paint by numbers thing or a carbon copy. But um, yeah, I think, so we have one more slot then, right? So SGA we- was on first team league fits this year. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Um, wait, who based on what is that bleacher report? Who does that? No, it's league fits It's slam and league. Fits. Oh, okay. Yeah. Slam yeah, yeah. Like it's like right. league fits is like an account. That's Damn. they're like the main account for the tunnel. Right. Fits. Right. Do they, they do? Wait, do, they do th- yeah. Do they do three teams? Do they do like the full. They did a third NBA? team. They did a third <laughs> wow. team. How'd you get on the third team? All league fits. Get a, slam magazine. Get a job guys. Jeez. Um, <laughs> man. Anyone else on there that we should mention? I, it's hard. It's it's hard. I, I'm gonna th- I'm gonna have to throw I'm gonna have to throw AI. I'm gonna have to oh, throw AI you, as my fourth. I'm gonna have to throw AI as my fourth. The swag, I mean, yo, um, the dress code exists because this yeah. man was going too hard in the paint. No pun intended. Like I'll tell you some guy based on the league fits the t- the the first team, second team. I, again, this is not. I'm not knocking the guys. because I'm not gonna name all 15 guys. But these are the guys whose fits. <laughs> I watch on league fits because I follow them and you know, this is guys I appreciate. I appreciate Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. I appreciate, I appreciate book. I appreciate Tatum. Yeah. CP. Okay. Uh, PJ for sure. Oh, right. Sneaker God, obviously. Yeah. 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 I'll throw those guys in there. Okay. That's, they're, is, they're is in C- consideration. Is, is CP the most stylish, uh, former teammate of yours? Who would mm. that be? Well, Frank Jackson. I play with Frank Jackson. Oh, okay. right. There it is. In New Orleans. He's on your yeah. fucking, yeah. He's on your Mount Rushmore. Yeah. I feel like Blake Griffin had a speaking of Lob City. Blake Griffin never looks bad. Blake, you know, Blake, Blake Griffin good. is, yeah. Licks, looks it. great all the time. He gets it. He knows about De- like De- DeAndre, DeAndre swings for more home runs. Okay. Yeah. But Blake's, Blake's like, yeah, Blake's probably, he's like a 340 hitter, <laughs> you know, 25 home runs. <laughs> all right. Probably 38 to 42 doubles a year. Okay. Um, close to 100 RBIs. Yeah. Wow, like dude. This is fucking yeah. all star numbers, dude. <laughs> Yeah, he's an all star. He's an all star. I always like Blake's fits because, like, we had—I never had a stylist, but like, we we had a similar taste. Yeah, when we were when we were together, it was like we we uh, we shopped the same brands. Literally, I mean, you know, so we we kind of wore a lot of the same type of clothing, and and how it fitted was the same. It's clean. It's classic. Grown man swag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. JJ, we want to get into the next segment of this podcast, which is. Daddy. We're not a family-friendly podcast, so we gotta no gotta get into the sucking and fucking portion. What is the advice that, that was that was dad ass? Yeah, to be clear, dad ass, dad ass, yeah, meats okay. and cheeks. What's some advice you'd give to a single young man who's maybe just entering the league for the first time when it comes to dealing with the opposite sex? Mm. I would say, I would say have have your guard up unfortunately hmm. i would say yeah. have your guard up and not just with opposite sex but i anyone anyone like i it's so weird because it's like it's like awkward for me now to go ask someone to come on my podcast because for mm-hmm. 20 years of my life from high school all the way through my nba career i was always being asked to do things i was always being asked for something everybody always wanted something from me and it's it's hard to like it's hard to navigate that, especially when you're a young player. And for me, I was on my own. I know a lot of guys 
you know, bring their, their parents down at some, you know, early in their career. So I, I think just having your guard up, um, kind of always questioning, like, what does this person want from me? Um, and it was very clear with my, my wife, like, you know, she, she, she like genuinely liked me. Right. She had no idea who I was when we first met. She liked you um, in spite she, of everything. That she, she liked me have. in spite of everything. <laughs> yeah. She had no idea about me as a Duke player, you know, um, the hashtag men's wear. And, like she, and she also like, <laughs> she keeps me, she keeps me so level headed at all times. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, like if I don't do the fucking dishes before I go to bed and she wakes up to dishes in the morning, yeah. like I'm going to be shitted on, you know, for the first 30 minutes while I'm trying <laughs> to have my deservedly coffee. So, yeah. So I, I don't know. I just yeah. think, I just think keeping your guard up and it just like questioning people's motives sure. is so important. Like but you also, come home, you come home, a clip of yours just went viral from first take. You're feeling yourself. You're feeling gassed up. And then she's like, JJ, you ain't shit. Do the fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go pick the kids up from school. Yeah, but find also, yourself find yourself a good one. <laughs> but also to, this, to those same young men, right? Don't close your heart off because look at you. You met her in year two, right? Yeah. I mean, I I, I also, my, my sister had gotten married. Uh, what was this? I think, yeah, 07. She got married in 07. And I remember being at her wedding and telling my mom that I was never going to get married. <laughs> what a, what a way like, to break the news to your mom. <laughs> I was like, I'm not, I'm not ever going to get married. I'm just, I don't, I don't trust anybody, you know? And famous last words. Yeah. And then, and then my, I started dating my wife about a year and change later. Yeah. And that was a wrap. See ya. Door book ever since. Well, JJ here on a uh, throwing fits, we only ask the most, um, the biggest, most philosophical kind of like grand questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the next question is, how much money do you make? <laughs> how much money did I make? Do you do make you currently? Make. Currently. Uh, you talking about? Oh, you talking about like as an ESPN analyst? Everything, baby. What's the? Oh, what's the it, what are we doing? I mean, the contracts yeah, we can look up. That's public record, but you know. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm like you know I'm at seven figures. Ooh, okay. What do you yeah. what What do you like to spend your hard earned money on? Is it like uh, golf trips with the boys? Is it nice vino? Um, I definitely have spent less on wine since I retired, but that is still a big, uh, line item right. um, <laughs> on my, uh, expense account. Yeah. Um, I, th- you know, it's funny. I, I should have mentioned this cause th- I will get philosophical on this for a second. I will, I should have mentioned this when we were talking about watches. One of the, one of the big, uh, reasons and, and an impetus for me selling the collection was I had this revelation that I was, and again, not everyone has the luxury of uh, discretionary income, right. but I was choosing to spend discretionary in- income on things that only benefited me. Mm. Right. And because like with a watch, like I can take it to uh, a watch, ga- a watch meeting, a watch gathering or whatever. And like I did that, I would go meet with other collectors. I'd, you know, we'd look at each other's watches. We'd try them on, whatever. Um, but it was, it was very much a singular pursuit that only benefited me. Right. And I was like, I don't want to do that with my money. I want my money to benefit everyone. Sure. And so that was a big thing for me, like with wine was like, I want to share this. There's, I can think back to these amazing events I've had since I got really got into wine and started collecting four years ago. It's like, 
I remember the bottles we drank. I remember the conversations mm. we had. I remember what we talked about with the wine. And it's just like that to me is like a great memory, a great placeholder of time. Yeah. Um, so that's why wine is like so important to me. Um, I love experiences. I mean, I, I like I took uh, Knox to a bunch of games this year because um, he got into basketball right after I like retired. Courtside? <laughs> courtside? Uh we went so we went courtside to the Celtics Heat game in the in the in the Eastern Conference uh, Finals. Th- those I'm went to school with and was a teammate of this this the owner's son. So those were those got were comp. But yeah, I spent I spent money on I spent money on Rangers tickets. I spent money on baseball tickets. Let's go like, Rangers, maybe. I'll spend you know I took I took my sister and her husband and my wife. We all went to Napa to celebrate our anniversaries mm. two weeks ago. Like. That's a that's a that, that's a, something that I enjoyed spending my hard-earned mm. money on. Like I, it was a great experience. It was a great time. I got to share it with other people. So that's ultimately right. what it is. Disney World too. Don't forget yeah. Disney World. Yeah. Crack. I didn't. I never. I never. Like I. I never was really into cars. So like that was never. Like I, I most of my career probably I leased a car. Right. Like I'd leased one car when yeah, I married my wife. I bought her a car. I'd never like at one point in time I drove a Chevy Tahoe from 2010 to 2017. <laughs> I had a Chevy Tahoe. Yeah, you're like, just, but you're just nerdy about other stuff like the wine. Yeah, why it's just it's like a pick your poison and then it. Yeah, you know. I I bought myself a retirement gift. Um, what was it? Which was a, a car. Okay. It was the car. It was like the. My my dream car. It was a car I always wanted. It was a 911 Turbo S. Sick. Like I, yeah, I got that when the new the new 992 came out, and so I got into that. Uh, but that's I mean that's like I, I dude I just drove it home from the golf course. It's awesome. <laughs> right. I, fuck, when a, when, a, when the throwing fits, Mister Porter collaboration drops on the fifteenth. You can just cop the whole thing. Just run it. Off. Yeah, yeah. Feel feel free. <laughs> feel free. Yeah, and then okay. you, and then uh, you can wash your sorrows away by cracking open a bottle of wine. You know, nice. You can't remember with people will never forget. That's really yeah, the vibe yeah. of the pod. <laughs> JJ, we want to thank That's you for great. coming on to the only yes, podcast sir. that matters. Before we get out of here and get you into the afters, we know your time is precious. We want to offer up some quick constructive criticism because while you're doing amazing, you have so many books behind you. The the true uh, you know mark of a successful <laughs> yeah. guy, which unfortunately we yeah. couldn't see in person this time around. We want to offer up some constructive criticism. All right, um, you know because yeah, you're doing great as a podcaster, as an ESPN analyst, as uh, 15th or 16th you know all time three point score in the NBA history. Um, but you know, take it or leave it. All right, so I'll go first. All right, we we talked about you're, you're a fucking you're fucking sick at the table. JJ and Tommy versus Jimmy and Larry in a best of seven beer pong tourney. If we win, we get to come out to your crib and throw a pool party. If you win, we'll give you every single piece from throwing fits, Mr. Porter collaboration for free. Yeah. Wow. And you can come to the pool party. You're invited. When we win, you can come. <laughs> yeah. Tommy's not invited. Wow. You're invited. Crib. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? A, okay. Okay. Uh, how is that constructive? Isn't that just asking? Don't worry, hey, don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, no, this, yeah, this, yeah, this is our podcast. Okay, maybe, maybe <laughs> it's a bet. It's a bet. It's maybe, a bet. maybe it'll it's become more clear with my piece of constructive <laughs> criticism, which is uh, right now, throwing fits the only podcast that matter. Collaborators with Mister Porter, you know, big time fish in the little pond of fashion podcasting. We're free agents, but. Why not, you know, sign a max deal with 243 Productions? We're available. Well, if you could get the company name right, I would consider it. Fuck. Three, four, <laughs> God three, four, damn two. it. 
Yeah, that's what I said. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, that's my piece of constructive criticism. He's dyslexic. He's dyslexic. Guys. Don't make yeah. don't make fun of his disability like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I'm differently able, dude. You know. So all right. So my let me. I just want to. I just want to be very clear because mm-hmm. I I always appreciate. <laughs> constructive yeah. uh, criticism. Like I, I, always, yeah. I always appreciate being coached, you know, and I want to be clear on this. Your, your criticism to me yeah. is that you want to <laughs> throw a pool party in my backyard in Sag Harbor Correct. and yeah. that you want me to offer you a podcast contract, a max, max contract. Yeah. Sounds good, right? Yeah. All right. It's all, it's all, it's all up for consideration. I think we it's all up it, for consideration. It sounds like you're offering some constructive criticism on our constructive criticism. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. That's great. Okay. JJ, thank you for coming on to the only podcast matters. We appreciate your time, bro. Much appreciated. Yeah. Where, yeah this is, this is fun. Where man. can the I kids follow you, JJ? What do you want to plug? The floor is yours. Oh, um, I mean, I don't really care about Instagram and Twitter <laughs> followers, but whatever. I I'm on there. You can find me. It's JJ Reddick. Um, you know, I I do I do think if anybody who listens to this podcast that hasn't already heard the Old Man and Three, uh, the aforementioned episodes I listen to are always great starting points. Sure. Um, but we keep things topical. You know, we're 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 rolling in real time. We record weekly, and uh, our show is growing. And and just give it a listen. Old Man and the Three. We have a YouTube channel. It's under JJ Reddick, yeah. but you can search Old Man the Three. Leave some mean comments you, for sure. We have uh, we do IG Reels. Ooh. We do Snapchat. Okay. Yeah, we're on Snapchat. We're the only NBA podcast on Snapchat. Damn. So they're everywhere. You can find us everywhere. Yep. Thank you, JJ. We JJ, appreciate thank your you time, again, man. Chef. Yep. Hit thank that you guys. outro music. <laughs>